iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome to the Game Podcast from The Times. I'm Gabriel Marcotti and I thank you all for joining us. With me in the studio today, it's a packed studio, which makes me very, very happy. No weirdo phone lines, no heavy breathing from Ollie K. No, it's the clarion tones of Alison Rudd. It's the somewhat younger clarion tones of James Gearbrandt. And it's the Bury St. Edmunds inflected tones of Manchester United fan James Gocroft. The Premier League season is over, uh, but we're going to do things a little bit differently today because, frankly, I thought yesterday's games were kind of all sort of nonsense, especially once Liverpool scored. So, instead, we're going to be handing out report cards. Very simple format here, guys. I'm sure you've all prepared for it. This is how it's going to work. You're going to give a report card for the Premier League season. I'm going to keep track of it. If there is some disagreement... In other words, if one of you gives Chelsea an F, you can argue it out. If not, we will move on. Hopefully, we'll all be of the same mindset. Now, I know for a fact that James Gearbrandt prepared. You did prepare because I saw your notes. Allison's just getting her notes, and James Gocroft is pretending to get his notes. The season's not over yet. No, the season is over. The Premier League season is over. Well, how'd you grade Manchester United season and we're in a, a European Cup final? I only grade them for the Premier League. Oh, Allison, right. you get to choose whether we start at the top or at the bottom. And work our way up. Oh, let's do it like the pop charts and go from bottom up. Okay. Sunderland finish last on the table. As you probably know, they'll be relegated under Scoey's mate David Moyes and my mate David Moyes. Allison. E. There are no E's. Why not? Because we're using an American grading system. Why? Because I said so. No, but we're English. Can you define the grading system first? A, B, C, D, F. You can give pluses or minuses. There is no E. A, B, C, D, F. A, B, C, D, F. It's not bizarre. No E. I've decided. In the past, we've allowed E's, but I'm turning over new leaf. Okay, F. F. Gearbrandt? Yeah, I concur with that. Scoey? Yes, F. All right. See? Give yours. Me? I only speak if I disagree, I mean, and I tell you why you're wrong. No, it, ha- it, has to be, it has to be an F, I think, because they finished last, they went down, and there are mitigating factors here. Moyes appointed late, blah, 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 but poor signings, poor football. And also, people say what a horrible squad it was. People make it seem as if everybody's terrible there, uh, except for uh, Defoe and Watmore. I don't think so. I actually think they have some useful players. It just didn't come together for them. Oh, and, and Pickford, of course, who everybody loves. Middlesbrough, Gearbrandt. Um, I've gone for a D- minus for Middlesbrough. Scoey? I've gone for an F. I'll go D-. minus. 
Yeah, I'm going to give them a D minus uh, as well. One of the things is they defended very well. Something clearly happened behind the scenes, which is why Karanka left. Maybe we'll get the full truth one day. I don't think they played horrendous football. They just were kind of bad in the final third of the pitch. Whole City. Now, bear in mind, we're talking about the whole season here, so you can't just go off Marcus Silva and how much we like him because he's the future of football. You have to include Mr. Phelan as well. Scoey. C. Allison. D. Yeah, I've gone, I've gone for D as well. I'm going to be a little more generous. I'm going to say C- minus when you consider the fact that A, Phelan was there, Bruce quitting, the ownership situation. Oh, well, hang on, hang on then. We need to, we need to completely... Like, the, when, you, when you give somebody a mark, you're not just giving the, manager, the managers you quite like a mark. You're, you're giving the club a mark. And the, clu- the, club, giving... the, club, the club were appallingly run and the, their summer kicking off in the Premier League was, was a disgrace. We're giving one grade to the team basically. And I think all the extraneous factors here didn't, didn't. Right. It should so offer some mitigating levels. I think they were always doomed from the start and yeah. they made a fist of it. Okay. They get a C minus. Watford. Allison. Oh, probably one of the harder ones, to be honest. Um, they were everything this season. Surprising. Surprisingly good. Surprisingly drab. Gave Graham Taylor a lovely send-off. I'd give them a C. Keir Brandt. Um... I think I'd maybe be a little more harsh just because I Missouri I think failed to win over the fans so maybe maybe a, a D D plus. Scoey? C minus. Yeah, I'm going C minus too. I it's two ways about it. They they did stay up and then they just just tanked the rest of the season, which is disappointing, but then also when you have a manager who knows he wants to leave and wasn't wasn't able to learn the language, probably wasn't the right appointment to begin with in my opinion. Burnley, who finished level on points with Watford. Gearbrandt. C plus for Burnley. And you could even maybe argue that's a bit harsh. Scoey? Burnley, I've gone for B. Allison. B for Burnley. I mean, come on, come on. He was he was being touted as manager of the season just if they stayed up. So Sean Dyche was. So right. I think anything less than a B is a bit mean. I think it definitely is, which is why I'm giving them an A minus. Swansea, Scoey, C, Allison. No, this is so difficult. <laughs> it this is. is so difficult, but because the new American owners and Hugh Jenkins deserve an F minus, an F minus, because they seem to do the best they could to ensure they got relegated. I mean, the appointment of Bob Bradley was stupidity in the extreme. It's a bit harsh. It was stupid. The guy knew nothing about the Premier League. Oh, so, th- th- thank you, Mrs. Merson. <laughs> and he, he he meddled so heavily with the defence, it really did take them a while to recover from that. So then there's the great escape and the fact that through the great escape, they continually played either quite attractive or very attractive football and they possess the best player in the league. So I'll give them a B plus. Best player in the league with Gilfie Sigurdsson. Gear red. I think taking the kind of overall season into account, I think a C. Yeah, I know. B plus sounds like all Gilfie. Gilfie can get an A plus plus, but um, I think Swansea were going to go C. And they entertained us. I mean, how many people had them down as, oh, yeah, they're going to, this is the year they get relegated? And they didn't. I mean, Not you know, me. everyone, I, everyone, no, I didn't, but a lot of people thought they would. They, they have given us one of the few year. surprises of the season. Scoey, Palace, your mates. Uh. 
<laughs> Not your mate, so. Um, difficult one. Uh, Everything's a difficult one. It is Come very on. true. I, I would on. say with the squad they have two weeks ago, they're in a lot of trouble, really. So you'd have to sort of mark them down. I'd have to say it's a disappointing season. I won't go for D. I'll go for C minus. Um, but they need to improve. I think with the wage bill and everything they have now, then I think Steve Parrish said yesterday on social media, time to break into the top ten, and I agree with that. Wonder if you'll be there when they do, Alison. Uh Go for a C, which is a slight cop-out mark. They did the right thing, I suppose, in appointing Sam Allardyce because they needed a an escape route and they got one. Um, but they did lose 4-0 at home to Sunderland and I'm not quite sure any team manages to contrive that result. They did win away yeah. at Chelsea. Yeah, but that was really, really lucky. That was not a good win. They had good wins. There's good wins and there's wins when you're just incredibly lucky. They won lucky. away at Anfield. That was, that, was, that was a better win. And they beat Arsenal at home. Arsenal. Gear rent. Um yeah, a, a bit like Swansea, it was a it was a season of two halves. I've gone for a, I've gone for a C. But I actually think Sam Allardyce did, did really well to keep them up ultimately. I'm gonna go C minus because I think Sam Allardyce should have done better. I expected him to do better and I think he thought he could do better when he took over. Because you remember they, they, they got those results and then they were terrible. Something happened there at some point. He didn't have a great start, Sam, did he? No. It took him a long time no. to get going. Admittedly, of course, he was inheriting all of Alan Pardew's negativity. So, Palace get a C-. Stoke! Allison. D. They've just been boring. <laughs> Gearbrand. Yeah, I agree. Stoke have disappointed me. I, I've given them a D as well. Scully. C-. Not much love for uh, for Sparky there. I'm going to go D+. Leicester City. Let's not forget the defending champions finishing 12th on 44 points. Gearbrand. C minus. It's going? C. Allison. I'm going to give them a B. I don't think you should mark them down too hard because just because they were the reigning champions, they didn't embarrass the English Premier League in Europe at all. And nah, we're only going by Premier League. No, you can take what you like to inform your grade. And um, Craig Shakespeare really surprised me. I thought he was going to bomb. Leicester get a C minus. West Ham. Scoey. World Cup winners. Exactly. C. Allison. That has to be a C. C plus. I was disappointed by them. I thought they were going to kick on, should have kicked on. I'm going to give them a D plus. West Bromwich Albion. Come on. This is the team everybody wants to be talking about. Allison. Um, B plus. Because all the um, Deloitte-style reports had them as projected to finish 18th given their overall outlay so they've mm. done jolly good James? I think taking into account that rather lame end to the season I think B minus Scully? Uh, B Yeah I'm going to go with a B as well and I would have given them an A minus if not for the end of the season I, think just, I didn't like seeing that Bournemouth who finished 9th in the table in fact level on points with 8th place Southampton Scully. B. Allison. A minus, I think. B plus. I'm going to go B plus, but I will say this. When I buy a football club and hire Eddie Howe, and he says, I want to go spend $20 million on a guy who I'm never going to play because I'd rather play this no-name who ends up doing a much better job, I'm going to hold him to account for that. You don't spend my money. Clearly, clearly he's painted himself in a corner. He can do very well on a shoestring, so let's not give him any money. <laughs> Southampton. Scully. B. Ooh. Allison. B? B I, I, 
they've 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 again been boring, but eight's pretty good. Yeah, I, I went with B as well. I'm gonna go B as well, and I don't like the fact that the fans well, we're gonna get to this later, but the fans were all insulting Quell and wanted him out. I mean Yes, they were a million points behind, but like every year they sell players and they lost Virgil van Dijk. It was a whole defense. Everton, seventh in the table, 61 points, 32 points behind Chelsea. Come on, they have the billionaire owner now, Ronald Koeman. You're the president of Ronald Koeman fan club, Allison. What do you give Everton? Um, struggling to give them more than a B. I still felt that Koeman could have squeezed a bit more pizzazz out of that team. Um, bearing in mind that they're about 15 points or so better off than they were last season, I've given them a B plus. C plus. Yeah, I'm going C plus as well. You have like the second leading scorer in the league. You have Ross Barkley, who's supposedly this phenom who's going to redefine football. And the fact is, you finish eight points behind Manchester United, who kind of stopped playing in April. Which brings us to Manchester United. Allison. For the record, they finished sixth, six points behind Arsenal in fifth. C. This is just a Premier League. C, okay. James? Yeah, on purely the Premier League, I've, I've gone with a C as well. Let's see if he's harsher. I think he will C be harsher. Minus. I think he knows. C minus. C minus. Yeah. I thought you might have gone even lower. But no, I think, although it is marking on the Premier League, I think you have to take into debate that their season has gone off in a different direction than they probably first thought. They were also a little bit unlucky. I thought they played better than their results. Can't score goals. At home. But they played better than their results. Mm. Come on. What's your mark? I'm giving them a C- minus because I still expected... I, I expected them to finish first or second this year. I, yeah. I, I believe the Mourinho and Ibrahimovic and whatever. Arsenal finish fifth. One point away from the fourth place trophy. Gearbet. Arsenal's a tough one because obviously they've they failed in their main objective for the first time in, in basically two decades. But actually, they failed, you failed them. However, they have got a lot of points for, a, I think, a historic amount of points for a fifth place team. Oh, come on, because of all the bad teams at the bottom I've of the given, table. I've given, I've given them a C. Who's going? D. Ooh, I'll give them a C+. Plus. C plus. Mm-hmm. Way too generous, man. Arsenal get a C minus as well, just like United. Liverpool, who finished top four for the second time in the last eight seasons. Scoey. B. Allison. A minus. Yeah, I, I think a good job by Liverpool, considering they don't they don't really have any of the truly outstanding individuals in the league, in my Continue opinion. Thanks you, by the way. Uh, okay. no, he's, he's, he's close to that bracket but I, I don't Coutinho, think he's in it Lallana, but I don't, I don't think they're the equal of players like Sanchez or Kane or Hazard I mean I think very good season I give them a, give them a B I'm going to go B plus modulated also let's not forget by the fact that they weren't playing European football this year which also will apply to Chelsea later Manchester City third in the table 78 points just two points more than Liverpool Scoey C Allison. C minus. They annoyed me so much. Um, C. Yeah, I think we'll go C minus. 15 points behind Chelsea. Eh, it's not good. Spurs. Gearbrandt. A minus for Spurs. Scoey. B plus. Straight A. Straight A from me too. I don't know what you guys are smoking, but 
Which one of you said B plus? You? Yeah. B plus. What's their record against the top six like? They're, they're, they're supposed to be the greatest team in the league, play the best football. They it? are. What's their record in the top six like against the other top six? So like? you get more points for beating the top six. No. The record against the top six, you yeah. want to know. Yeah. Okay, well, this season they won eight, drew one, and lost one. So there. They took 25 out of possible 30 points in top six. By the way, none of this is true, but I know that Scoey doesn't actually know what the record against the top six is, so I'm going to try to trick him. <laughs> so it's actually very, very good. And finally, the champions, Chelsea. Scoey? A. A+. plus. I've put A, but I think you've got to almost veer towards an A+. plus. I mean, it's the second biggest points total in Premier League history. And a record number of victories as well. And they've adapted quickly when things have gone wrong, which is the sign of greatness. Let's give them an A, but here's a question for you. Do they have a better squad than Tottenham? Well, no, probably not. I mean, it's fairly equal. When we do our team of the season in the next show, I suspect it'll be the equal number of Spurs and Chelsea players in it, and that'll go for most football fans. There you go. So there you have it. Congratulations to Chelsea, Tottenham, who get A's, Burnley, A-, Bournemouth, and Liverpool B-pluses. Southampton and West Brom Bs. We have a very generous panel here. Only one team got an F. Hang your heads, Sunderland. Our newspaper led with this uh, yesterday, at least football-wise. Um, John Terry played his final game um, at Stamford Bridge for Chelsea. But there was quite a bit of controversy because in the 26th minute of the game, 26 being John Terry's shirt number, the ball was put out of play and... He got a guard of honor and he exited the pitch and it kind of delayed the game for 30 seconds, a minute. A lot of people are very upset by this. Alison, would you like to articulate why? They're upset because it's just not very classy. Um, On Friday at his press conference, uh, Antonio said uh, he wouldn't tell us whether he was going to start with Terry or bring him on or what was going to happen. It was going to be a surprise. And I thought, that's nice. That would be good. A surprise would be good. And instead you get something that's orchestrated by the player. It's a bit like saying, oh, it's my birthday. I'm kind of scared no one loves me, so I'm going to arrange someone to jump out of a cake and I'll pretend to be surprised. In fact, I'll arrange a surprise party and go, really, you all love me? It's just a bit naff that he had to negotiate with his manager. He had to negotiate with the opposition manager to enable this to happen. It was, I mean contrast it with Xavi Alonso's goodbye um, at Bayern Munich where he looked he looked genuinely surprised at the number of people who wanted to hug him as he was substituted and he was holding it in and it was I almost cried myself watching it because it was proper spur of the moment love as opposed to something just so saccharine that all the great things that Terry means to everybody at that club and I'm not denying he isn't an iconic player for that club and that they love him. It seems to be slightly spoiled. If they love him that much, why can't they just show it in a sort of natural way rather than an orchestrated one? Do we know for a fact that he set all this up? Well, he said he did. That he organised everything? Yeah, he said he wanted to go off in the 26th minute. He had to convince his manager to do it and he had to ask David Moyes if he would mind stopping play. And David well, James Moyes- was there. Wasn't that the story? Yeah, he said he he said he negotiated it with Conte. That was how Terry put it. Either if this were true, if this is true, and he said it, why would you go and admit it afterwards? Aren't you showing a complete lack of awareness? Well, someone's got to own up to it, haven't they? Why? Because <laughs> it's one of the most orchestrated things I've I've ever seen on a football pitch. So someone's come up with the idea. 
No, I know. You, you say he'd, oh, oh, no, it just happened like that. Yeah, but do you think if you if you if you'd said like if Conte afterward made a joke, ah, it's minute twenty six, and you know, I thought it would be fun, it would be a nice tribute to get JT off in that minute. If he just said that, I, then we wouldn't be making a big deal out of it. Do you not think people would have would have noticed? Do you not think people would have like seen the footage of um, Diego Costa talking to Pickford and Pickford kicking the ball straight out of play and thought mm, that's a bit that's a bit suspicious. No, I, I just think I, I, it would have been hilarious if they'd have kept the ball in and it'd come off on the twenty eighth minute, wouldn't it? Well, he did end up going off in the twenty eighth minute because it took so long to make his to do all the hugs and uh, and form the guard of honor. This is where you become mean. If somebody had given you the chance to do this in your final game. Would you have gone along with it? My, my football career. Or did you not want to play just like just ten? Ended in a, in a in a damp squid, which I actually think which is how a football career. That all these people that go out at the top and guard of honours, oh, it just doesn't sit well with me. Just, just even Xabi Alonso. Why this big razzmatazz? Let's all line up, and I, I I think it's disrespectful for the two thousand Sunderland fans that went there to cheer the team on and try and see them try and win. Where obviously the games are a sort of a circus parade. I think it's something that he'll probably look back in years ago. I'm thinking, not sure that looks good. Does he get bad advice? Is, is what it was on when talking. I, about I don't him. know what advice that's come from or, or where, where that's, but that's there's better ways to do it than that. For me, it really didn't bug me. But then again, I wasn't at the game. I was home trying to watch ten games at once, which is not easy and not possible actually. Um, were you offended by this, James? I mean, I'll ask you this because you're, you're not of the same generation as a Scully. Did it bother you? My, my honest reaction watching it was that it wasn't outrageous. It was a bit weird, probably a, a little bit over the top. Equally, you could argue that Terry, as a great servant of the club, deserved that send-off. And I certainly didn't think, as some did, that the integrity of the game was impugned. This idea that, you know, all football games need to be played at absolutely 100% intensity and that, you you know, you need to be trying your best to win at absolutely every occasion of the match is a nice idea in theory, but I don't think it's a kind of sacrosanct principle in reality because... This is the perfect segue into our next debate topic. I know we have this idea that everybody plays 100% and the travelling Sunderland fans and what were they expecting and blah, 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 but I just look at the end of the season, City scoring five goals away from home against Watford, Spurs getting seven two weeks in a row. Was it, was it seven they got against Leicester? And who cares? Who, you shouldn't be playing football on a Thursday night. It's just stupid. I look at this last six games, Watford no points, West Brom one point, Sunderland three points, Middlesbrough four. It, it's all kind of depressing. It, it, I don't know. I, I did not enjoy yesterday. I did not enjoy watching City score five times. I, I don't blame them. It was almost like the end of season was last week. That's exactly it. And I'll tell you. And I'll tell you what. I, and again, maybe we you always can bring Crystal Palace into that because Crystal Palace. I don't want to get, pick on Crystal Palace. No, but I think it's a good point as well that they were fantastic against Hull at home. It was their like cup finals, and then yesterday he goes to Old Trafford against Manchester United youth team and I, literally just down tools. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out there, and I know we all look at the past and with rose tinted uh, spectacles, but you know, been living in this country for a very long time, watching football here for a very long time. This reminds me of some of the nonsense that happened in Italy until very recently, and 
hopefully won't be happening this year. We're seeing certainly less of, which is that, oh, look, we're safe now. Let's all go on the beach. Or look, oh, look, we're relegated. You need the points. Aha, we're not going to stand in your way. Or, oh, look, you need to win the golden boot for the second year in a row. Please go and score seven goals in your last two games, Harry Kane, right? And I'm not having it go. But it does feel as if there were a lot of teams that totally gave up. And it didn't feel like end of season was like this earlier. Now, Scoey, you played in the final game of the season many times in your career. Has it always been this way? Or does this feel different than, than when you played? I played a final game at Highbury, which was Arsenal's invincible season. And again, it was like a parade, really, of the Leicester side that was relegated. I don't the Mickey Adams. The, the, I think Mickey Adams said before he drew the team up and threw his pen over his shoulder and said, "Good luck with these lot," and walked out. Um, we were one. We were one nil up with about twenty minutes ago until Arsenal thought, "Oh, we better step the pace up here because we need our record." Were you prepared? Were you trying? Were you guys up for it, or did you just kind of feel like you were just sparring partners? Just sparring partners. So it happened back then as well. Yeah. One of the best things that's been introduced in football is the playoff systems in the Football League. And if you look at the Championship, if you look at all three of the, the football, um, Championship, League One, League Two, literally every single club has something to play for. It brings so much drama to the end of the season. And I think the Premier League is in danger of maybe we might get a title race one season every now and again. You might get this fourth, fifth place relegation occasionally. But it's just the last month of the season could end up just being you know, a snooze fest. Did anyone see League Two in France? With the, the guy climb, scoring the, the climax. Goal. That is what football's all about last day of the season. The excitement of all those teams. And obviously the the disappointment of all those teams as well. But it certainly wasn't like that yesterday, was it? Yeah, I, I suppose the, the issue with the playoffs is the issue of formats. They, they've done it in, in Belgium, of course, um, with, I think, mixed results. I don't know. I think in the end, it probably comes down to the pride of the players. Well, for, for example, okay, bottom two go down. One, two, three. Next four, playoff. We have that in Italy in the second division. We call it the playouts rather than playoff. I have no problem with that. And and you could even tier it so that if there is a big enough gap, then you don't do it. Because obviously, I don't. I think it's probably unfair if somebody's 10 points clear. No, that's, but, that's but, how but, it works, but, isn't it? That, that's, no, I know, that's, but, but there's, there's ways of doing it. You can play off against the teams who just miss out in, in the next year down. I'd pers- it is a bit over the top for what was a very good campaign up until the last day, and I think if you go what through every result, if you camp- go through every result yesterday on Sunday, there was a reason for the result. That- Which is what the Watford didn't show up. <laughs> no, Watford. No, but I don't, uh, Watford had Watford a personnel p- personnel Crystal crisis. Crystal Palace from Gatwick departure lounge. Yeah, you can explain it. It's not. It's not that anyone was deliberately. What about West Brom's end throwing of the game? Seriously, if you were if, if you were Tony, people, well, but you know, this is the thing. Nobody deliberately, or very few people, deliberately throw games. As a professional footballer, you do not want to get injured at the last two games of the season and have half your holiday cut short with an injury. And that is an insight to a player's mindset. Shame on you. I know. I remember years ago, final game of the season. I think it might have been my first year here or something like that. It was Chelsea against Bolton at Stamford Bridge. Bolton, they needed a win to stay up. Chelsea had nothing to play for. They'd already qualified where they were going to qualify for. And the whole ground was singing, let them score, let them score. But they didn't. And Bolton were relegated. And I felt like, yeah, this is the way it should be. 
I don't know if that would have happened today. The thing you said, like, was it West Brom were playing Swansea? Remember, that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. There was, there was a scenario where West Brom were playing Swansea, and Swansea would have needed points to send Palace down, given Tony Pulis's history with Palace. Yeah. You know, and how that game would have been a foregone conclusion. I don't know. This was not fun for me. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books. Contacts. Calendar. Double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Manchester United uh, are in the Europa League final. They play Ajax on Wednesday. Uh, they're heavily favored, not least because Ajax is an absurdly young side. Mourinho's put his eggs in this basket. H- how do we feel about it? going into it it's if ever if ever that saying meant anything it was it that saying's been going for centuries hasn't it putting all your eggs in one basket and it's only ever, ever found its moment shopping. it's only found its moment in time now now with Mourinho it's never been more apposite than with Mourinho putting his eggs all in the Europa League final basket how much are you desperate for Ajax to win, Alison? Really quite keen. Really quite keen on so many levels. I mean, I'm going to be there and I will be completely impartial. And if United play well and win, I will praise them for playing well and for winning. It's just the build-up has been very peculiar compared to most European finals I've watched the build-up to. In that there is the whole eggs in one basket thing. The U-turning of despising the Europa League and then suddenly saying it's going to complete the Manchester United dynasty by winning it. The way Mourinho has treated, we've been talking about how attitudes to league games, well I think Mourinho's attitude to league games is, is bordered on not well not corrupt, but I mean it's bordered on something distasteful, That's I think. But yeah, it is distasteful. It has been distasteful. Been distasteful. Game, right? It has been distasteful. It's as though it's as though it's honestly as though Mourinho thinks the Premier League suddenly exists just to annoy him, and I mean, it, it, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous to take that line. This is what we have. This is the job you've taken. Accept it. I just do not know. I mean, James will have better insight than me as to how that might affect 
the dressing room. But if you know you're being rested for one game only six weeks ago, if you know you've been playing knowing that you're not going to play in the final, maybe just make the bench six weeks ago, how that all grows to a crescendo on the night in Sweden, I have no idea. It could backfire horribly. You know what's funny? Until very recently, he'd reached the semi-final of every single cup competition he'd been in. So he knew he was playing the Europa League. He knew he was playing the League Cup. He knew he was playing the FA Cup. He knows that he's a good manager. He knows he has a big squad he, to the point that he tried to reduce it by by ditching Schweinsteiger and, uh, and Schneiderlin in January. Did he have some injuries? Yes, although, then again, remember he said that Jones and Smalling and Shaw, we always wonder whether they were really injured or whether they were just being wusses. Ibrahimovic, Mata, whatever, stuff happens. But for me to go and flat out complain, it just doesn't, it, it, if, I don't know, I kind of have a visceral reaction to it. It doesn't sit well. I'm okay with you saying we have a ton of injuries, we're going to rotate the team, we're going to give other guys a chance, you know, basically everybody has an opportunity with me, my doors will, dress it up that way. But to come out and say we don't want to play these games, does it annoy you? Could he have handled it better? I think so, but deep down he's probably only telling the truth. What lineup do we think he's going to play? Why don't you run us through the lineup? Actually, first of all, De Gea or Romero? Is he definitely going Romero? Yeah. Or was he just a big fat fibber? Well, no, I think De Gea's off. I don't. I don't think you'll see De Gea again. Might be right. First point: Is that a stupid thing to do? What? Because hey, look, I, I know he's Romero's his Europa League goalkeeper, and some a lot of clubs do this. But the other guy's a lot better. This is your chance to get in the Champions League. If you yes, view this I, as like a I Champions League player. the other guy has said, I don't want to be here next year. And he's gone, right, okay, move along. You're pretty sure that he said that? I, I, and he's I'm not force sure, I'm guessing, but my gut feeling says that. We, we were talking about this like, a couple of weeks ago. I think if you want to have really, really good backups, and I think Romero certainly is. Really? He's very, very no, good. Do you know I think him? he's terrible. No, I think he's awful. No, no, I think he's done all right this year, but you're talking about a guy who was a reserve goalkeeper to Daniel Subasic at Monaco, not like 100 years ago, but... But you could equally say you're talking about a guy who's played in the World Cup final. Because the, the, the brilliant series of great Argentine goalkeepers came to an end. My personal opinion is that Romero has done pretty well this season yeah. from what I've well, seen who's better and is a better than average okay, backup goal. who would you if you want to give yourself the best sure but my, my point is if you're going to have a better than average backup goal you're, you're not going to have you're not going to have that situation if you just play De Gea at every single opportunity that you can and then renege on your promise to play Romero because then you're going to alienate your backup goalkeeper you won't have such a good reserve I mean, it's, it's just a question of the it's just a question of, of striking. Goalkeepers is that they hardly ever play, except in competitions nobody cares about. But sometimes they have to, you know, if your keeper right. gets injured. Okay. I, I would have thought, in the balance of probabilities, you're better off starting De Gea, unless Escoe hinted, said, De Gea has gone and told Mourinho, "I don't want to be here next year." Is, is that what you're suggesting? I think so. Yeah, reading between the lines, I think it's been bubbling for for years, isn't it? But it looks like he's not going to be there next season. Or the choice of Romero is Mourinho's way of subtly reminding people that it is a Mickey Mouse cup and he was right all along and this is his one gesture towards that. David Hay is a fantastic goalie. You'd have him in your team <laughs> all day long. So it's obviously politics there, isn't it? Another layer in all this, and I'm sorry if I keep bringing it up, but I do think there's a major conflict of interest in football and nobody seems to care. Mourinho's agent 
is also David De Gea's agent. Yes, we're all clear on this. Nobody seems to bring this up on a regular basis, so I've taken it upon myself to remind everybody of it and how in most other industries this would not be allowed. And I think... We're talking about football here. Yeah, I know, but it doesn't mean it needs to be, it needs to be run like this. I... <laughs> I just don't get this at all. And and how George Mendes can do what's in Mourinho's best interest, one client, and what's in De Gea's best interest, another client. I don't see why you put somebody in a situation where he has to walk that tightrope. But hey, that's just me. Um, back four, scoring, run us through it. It should be pretty obvious, yeah? No back buy, four, of course. Damian left back, Smalling. Blind. Blind. Valencia. Yeah, Valencia, midfield. Yeah. Three of Pogba Herrera. Do you play, do you think he'll play Fellaini? That's the interesting one. Yeah, I do think he will play Fellaini, yes. Nobody I likes think, Carrick. I think it'll be Fellaini, Herrera, Pogba, Rashford up top, Mikatarian to the left, and possibly Lingard on the right. Lingard ahead of Martial? Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll play Lingard ahead of Martial. All right. Juxtaposes with Ajax where I actually looked at this, out of their strongest starting 11, it's going to start. Everybody knows about how they're ridiculously young, an average age of 22, and it's only that high because Lasse Schoen is 30 years old. Do you know how many of those players started at least 15 games last season? It's either going to be a lot or not a lot, otherwise you wouldn't bring it up. Well, I don't know yeah, it's not a lot. It's four out of 11. So this isn't just a ridiculously young team. It's a team that's ridiculously inexperienced. I find that absolutely, absolutely extraordinary. And, um, but they're on the right trajectory. Are they? Well, they're going from not doing a lot to doing a lot. Yes. I, I, I'm <laughs> yes. In, a final. In, in that so. sense, yes. But. They had a fantastic result against Leon, didn't they, in the semi final? Leon are a strong side, got some good players. They've lost. They've lost in every, in every round of the Europa League since the round of 16, I think. Dick the scoreline. I don't know. I, I, I think United wallop them personally. Yeah. I, I just don't think that they're I just don't think they're particularly good. Prediction. Gearbrand. I think Manchester United will win. I, I don't think it will be as comprehensive as you suggest. But Give me a scoreline. 1-0. It's very Mourinho-esque. Uh, I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go 3-2 Ajax. Why not? Someone has to. Scoey? I'm going to go Manchester United by the skin of their teeth. What you think, eight one or something? No, I'm going to go four one with Romero throwing one in just to just <laughs> just, just to annoy Gearbrandt. Enough of this. Uh, how about some uh, quick hits? It takes a while, and it might have been different if Dejan Lovren had been sent off. But Liverpool dump Middlesbrough three 0 and secure that top four finish. Allison, give me three Liverpool players you'd like to say goodbye to, and three they absolutely must hang on to. Well, we must hang on to the lovely Lalana, the magnificent Mane, the clever Coutinho. I don't really want to say who we should get rid of, but as you're going to make me, I will say um, Dejan, he isn't the man. Origi, he's never done it for me. And Karius, because he couldn't. Okay. I would have thought you might say Grujic or. No, I'll be cheating. I could easily bring up those names that no one's heard of. Harry Kane's second consecutive hat-trick brings his seasonal total to 29 in the league, and he wins the Golden Boot. He actually has 35 goals in 38 appearances this year, which is a tremendous strike rate. Uh, Scoey, 
Your love of Kane is well chronicled, as is the fact that you'd like to have him at United. But tell me, how far back do you have to go to find an English striker this good in the Premier League? You have to go quite a long way back, actually. I think Pochettino's right. What he said yesterday is one of the best in the world, and I agree with that. I, I think so how far that, back do you go? Shearer? Uh, Early Rooney? Rooney. Rooney sort of owing that, that era. All right. Ten years? Twelve. City stomp all over Watford, 5-0. Pep says he knows the Premier League better now. James, what do you think the biggest lesson he has learned is? And if you were him, would you look to shift Aguero, despite what he's saying? And if so, at what price? Uh, I personally think he would be crazy to try and sell Aguero. I mean, the way that everyone has sort of hailed Gabriel Jesus and sort of said, well, I don't need Aguero anymore has been ridiculously kind of premature. I mean, Jesus has, has looked very good in a handful of games. But Aguero is arguably the outstanding player, I think, in the Premier League over the past three seasons. I'm pretty sure he's been involved in more goals than anyone bar Kane in that time frame. I mean, he's a player of proven quality. He's actually looked like he links up very well with Jesus on the occasions that they've played together. I, I cannot see the rationale for selling Aguero, personally. And what's what's the big thing he's learned this year, do you think? He says he's <laughs> learned stuff. He says he knows it better than last year. I don't know if he's learned one big lesson. I just think he's got, he, uh, he as we've said before he got a lot of big decisions wrong at the start of the season from the from the Claudio Bravo decision to you know counting on companies fitness I don't think there's any kind of one guiding principle necessarily he's just got to try and you know get more of those decisions right next season I think one big thing is that if you're going to play a system where your fullbacks see so much of the ball you need to have fullbacks who are good and comfortable on the ball I think if we don't like them we say that they have to change. If we do like them, we say they're clever enough to evolve. I think he's going to evolve. Allison, you need to explain some Wenger to me. Now, he still hasn't decided to tell us if he's staying or not, but he concedes that the conditions in the last six months were horrendous and that maybe he contributed to it. What's the deal here? And I'm going to be kind to Wenger and give him an out. Remember like six weeks ago when he said that he was about to go and announce his decision and then he never did? Is the reason he didn't perhaps related to Alisher Uzmanov's bid and the uncertainty for for, for, for Stan Kroenke's uh, shares and the uncertainty that created around the club? Uh, or should I not give Wenger an out? Because I, I, I thought, you know, he's like, oh, I want to stay if Kroenke's here, but if this other dude buys the club, then everything might change. I don't think anyone believed that there was a chance that Kroenke would sell. There was no evidence that Kroenke would say, sure, sure. I don't care. Have have my shares. If you're Wenger and you know that Kroenke's received a huge offer that will make him 300 million pounds or whatever it was, um, and because Kroenke doesn't speak because he's silent Stan, in your heart of hearts, you don't know what he's going to do, right? But all the evidence was that he was happy, happier than he'd ever been being, and his family were happier than they'd ever been being involved in Arsenal. There was no evidence that that there would be a change of ownership. a little bit of a moral issue here. If someone's willing to to buy the club that's going to put a lot more into the club than what you're currently doing, do you not owe it to the fans to... We don't know that Uzmanov's going to do that. After the West Brom game, he said he knew... He'd made up his mind. He didn't say he was about to make an announcement. He said he'd made up his mind that he knew what was going to happen. And I think he... I, I suspect, I'm pretty sure I know he regrets saying that. I think he regretted saying it straight away, actually, because that did, didn't did really help. The flip side is, almost from that point on, 
Arsenal started to get their act together on the pitch. He was in a strange mood after the game against Everton. Just using that word horrendous to describe the atmosphere at the club. He looked like he was ready to explain why it it had happened. All right, enough Arsenal. Jose Mourinho sends out the youngest ever United lineup in the history of the universe, and Palace are defeated 2-0. Scoey, we know why he did it, but do you reckon any of these kids will be in the first team in the next year or two? Anybody stand out for you? Probably not, no. You don't like um, any of them? No, no, I do. I, do. I, I like all of them. You um, think they're all future James Wilsons? I don't think. What happened to James Wilson? You probably know. Uh, In fact, you, you probably subscribe to a Twitter account that tells you what every single former United youth player is doing right this minute. No, because you know the account we're talking about and you don't like that account, do you? No, but you do, so <laughs> I don't like it. No, because he, he... I thought you nerded out on, on United Academy products. I, I, any of these guys look look like they could they have a future? I quite like the left-back Mitchell. I've, I've seen Mitchell quite uh, a lot. I quite like him. Um, Gomez is, everybody talks about, but... Very, very, very young. Uh, I thought Josh Harrop had a very good game as, as well yesterday. So, will they be in the team in a year's time? Probably not. Okay, but do do, any, do they have a couple of those guys have a future at United? You think? No, none of them. No, it's, it's, Jesse Lingard has a present at United. Presumably, these some of these guys might be better than the eighteen-year-old Lingard was. No. Listen, they're, they're no? probably all good enough, and but it's opportunity knocks, and I don't think they'll get that opportunity. Unfortunately. All right. Southampton lose at home to Stoke, and Claude Puel gets a hammering from uh, the home supporters. James, they finished eighth. It's a bit harsh on Monsieur Puel, no? I think it's very harsh on, on Claude Puel, and uh, as you say, if you look at the table, realistically, you know how how much higher could you expect them to finish? I think it's a it's a personality issue. I think because Puel is uncharismatic. People haven't warmed him. I think if he had the charisma of Jurgen Klopp, I don't think any of the Southampton fans would be complaining. But I think also you've got to you've got to take into account that you know they reached a, a cup final as well. In addition to having a very respectable league campaign, and you've, I think there's a, there's a kind of wider point in the last kind of couple of seasons. You've had Van Gaal, Kike Sanchez Flores, and now Claude Puel supposedly all sacked despite overseeing very good and indeed in Van Gaal's case victorious cup runs and yet we kind of crucify managers for not playing their full strength lineup in cup matches well why bother it, 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 it seems like they don't get any credit for it I mean you know it also seems a little silly that like if they'd won the league cup would they all be saying like like, if, if Puel had won that game, would they all be saying, like, oh, yeah, Claude Puel, you brought silverware back to St. Mary's. Great, you know. And they'd finished exactly where they did finish. Gab, you were so bored um, with the Premier League games on Sunday. But La Liga and Serie A, much more exciting. Titles decided. What happened? Well, no surprises there, Alison. Juventus won their sixth straight Serie A title, thereby setting a new record. I think it was actually probably their most hard-fought title, though, because... Uh, uh, they had a four-point lead over Roma. Roma and Napoli, I thought, played were fantastic this year. And it was actually a case of Juventus being better. Um, you have to go all the way back to Conte's first season at Juve in 2011-2012 to find the last time that Juve were really pushed this hard domestically. Um, in Spain, it was always going to go this way. I, effectively, Barcelona had to win against Eibar and, uh, Juve, and uh, Real Madrid had to lose against Malaga. They scored 
within two minutes. Um, Malaga did put up a fight. A lot of people thought they wouldn't because they're coached by former Real Madrid legend Michel. Um, but Kaylor Navas did make some huge saves, but in the end, they, they saw it out. And Barcelona, actually, they nearly imploded. They went they went 2-0, 2-0 down at home against little teeny tiny Abad, and then they came back. And Messi missed a penalty, which would have given him a hat trick. But Real Madrid win their, only their second Liga title in nine years, which if you think about it, is, is pretty remarkable given they've won 33 overall. Right, that's all we've got time for today. And uh, many, many thanks to my guest, Alison Rudd, James Gearbrandt, and James Scowcroft. This time next week, of course, we could be looking back on United winning another treble after the one that they won with uh, Sir Alex back in, what year? 1999. Could this be United's second ever treble? What do you think, Scoy? Let's hope so. Will you call it a treble? No. I, 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 yeah, I don't recommend that you do. Not quite the same thing. Not in front of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Remember, you can subscribe to our newspaper. Just £12 for a 12-week trial. Just search The Times online. You get highlights of every single game in the Premier League, Champions League, Europa League, FA Cup, and Gearbrand's personal favorite, the Scottish Premier League. Leave a review for us on iTunes if you're listening on an Apple device. We're going to be back next Monday after the FA Cup final, possibly after United's treble, and we'll be picking our teams of the season. The game is brought to you by The Times. For more information and more podcasts from The Times, head to thetimes.co.uk. listening to me daisy apple's iphone disassembly robot is dismantling an iphone into lots of recyclable parts that's how apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods thanks daisy there's more to iphone planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.